This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. In Brazil, thousands of far-right supporters of Jair Bolsonaro, a former president, stormed the presidential palace, Congress building and Supreme Court in the capital, Brasilia. The police and the army cleared crowds from government buildings with tear gas and arrested around 400 rioters. President Luiz Ignacio Lula da Silva blamed Mr. Bolsonaro for encouraging the mob. Mr. Bolsonaro, who is currently in Florida, denied the accusation and condemned the violence. A Supreme Court judge ordered the removal of Brasilia's governor for 90 days, blaming him for security failures. China conducted its second round of military exercises around Taiwan in less than a month. Taiwan's government said that four Chinese warships and 57 planes had passed near the island. Around half the aircraft breached Taiwan's air defense identification zone. The show of force comes as a delegation of German politicians arrived in Taiwan, which China calls its own. Goldman Sachs reportedly plans to sack about 3,200 employees this week as it seeks to cut costs amid uncertainty in the capital markets. Bloomberg reported that more than a third of the layoffs will come from the investment bank's trading and banking units. It would be the biggest purge since the global financial crisis in 2008. AstraZeneca an Anglo-Swedish pharmaceutical giant, agreed to buy Syncor Pharma, an American biotech company, for $1.8 billion. The acquisition will boost AstraZeneca's development of heart and kidney drugs, its second most lucrative after its cancer treatments. Syncor faced a sell-off in November after a trial of Baxtrostat, a drug designed to lower blood pressure, fell short of expectations. Joe Biden travelled to El Paso, Texas, his first trip to America's southern border since taking office, and inspected a port of entry. The state's Republican governor, a vocal critic of Mr. Biden's broader policies, had complained that the president's visit was two years too late. Earlier, Mr. Biden announced plans to send migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua and Venezuela back to Mexico to stem record migration flows. Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said that Ukrainian troops were repelling constant Russian attempts to advance on Bakhmut, a city in the east. Earlier, Ukraine denied Russia's claim that its strike on a dormitory in Kramatorsk, another eastern city, had killed at least 600 Ukrainian soldiers. A spokesperson for the Ukrainian army said only civilian infrastructure had been damaged. Israel's new far-right minister for national security, Itamar Ben-Gavir, declared that the Palestinian flag was to be barred from public display within Israeli territory. The security forces already enjoyed the right to take it down during police actions. Mr. Ben-Gavir went further by saying that even waving the flag should count as an act in support of terrorism and incitement against Israel. Fact of the day 56%. The percentage of people in Latin America who identify as Catholic. Down from 80% in 1995. And correction. 
In Saturday's edition of World in Brief, we said that Jack Ma was giving up control of Alibaba rather than Ant Group. Sorry. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The North American Leaders Summit. On Monday, the presidents of America and Mexico and the Prime Minister of Canada will meet in Mexico City. Talks between Joe Biden, Andres Manuel López Obrador and Justin Trudeau will focus on regional integration, especially how to take advantage of, quote, nearshoring, the trend for companies to bring production closer to home. North America already accounts for around a third of global GDP, but there is a potential for growth. But for every positive agenda item, there is a tricky counterpart. America and Canada are concerned about Mexico's energy policies that favour its national companies and are being disputed under USMCA, the Regional Free Trade Agreement. America wants Mexico to crack down on drugs coming north, while Mexico has asked America to curb guns flowing the other way. Still, announcements before the summit from Mexico of a capture of a drug baron and new immigration proposals from America that may stop so many migrants crossing through Mexico suggest the, quote, three amigos want to keep it as friendly as possible. Europe holds on to its workers. There is one big bright spot in Europe's economic malaise, the labour market. Unemployment is at record lows despite the energy and inflation crunch that is hitting households and businesses. Labour market data from the EU, due to be released on Monday, will show that employment has remained strong. Businesses and consumers' view of the economy is still more negative than the long-term average. However, many businesses still say they expect to hire more workers. Since this current crisis is expected to be short-lived, that seems sensible but it is also because demographic change is about to hit the economy hard. The share of the EU population, who will soon retire, aged 60 to 64 years, is 6.5%, more than a percentage point higher than the share of youngsters entering the labour market, aged 15 to 19, at 5.2%, sapping the economy of working-aged adults. In such a tight labour market, recruiting and retaining workers will be a growing challenge. Britain's cost of living crisis. The political turmoil may have eased, but Britain is still a country in crisis. So when the Resolution Foundation, a think tank, releases its annual report on living standards on Monday, its findings will be gloomy. Food prices continue to rise at record rates as real wages are falling. Although inflation and energy prices should ease this year, the latter will be offset by a drop in government support. Rising interest rates will continue to hurt those with mortgages and those who rent from mortgage holders. Some 3 million households will face an annual increase of £3,000, $3,600 in mortgage costs by the end of 2023-24 financial year. The economy looks brighter for older, richer households, whose savings will be boosted by rising rates, but they may have other worries. A crisis in the National Health Service, exacerbated by a winter spike in COVID-19 and flu, 
is contributing to levels of excess deaths, exceeding all but the worst weeks of the pandemic. For many Britons, spring cannot come soon enough. America's targeting of Mexican officials As American and Mexican leaders meet, Genaro Garcia Luna, a former federal security minister in Mexico, will stand trial in New York on Monday, accused of colluding with drug lords. Mr. Garcia Luna, who from 2006 to 2012 was a leading figure in Mexico's, quote, war on drugs under then-president Felipe Calderón, is accused of taking bribes from the Sinaloa cartel. American prosecutors allege that he laundered $50 million, hiding it in tax havens. He's expected to plead not guilty to all charges. America's strategy of going after Mexican officials who work with organised crime rather than gangsters themselves has had mixed results. It was dealt a high-profile blow recently. In 2021, the American government returned the Mexico Salvador Cienfuego, a former defence chief, whom they had arrested in 2020 on charges of drug trafficking, after Mexico threatened to make it harder for American security officials to collaborate with their Mexican counterparts. Mr. Cienfuego was subsequently set free by Mexico's government. The Secret to a Happy Life What makes for a happy, fulfilling life? In an upcoming book by Robert Waldinger and Mark Schulz, directors of the Harvard Study of Adult Development, which for more than 80 years has conducted a scientific study of adult life and happiness, answer this question with a mixture of gentle anecdotes and statistical rigour. With more than 80 years of surveys, brain scans and blood tests at their disposal to identify the factors that influence happiness, The authors are a cross between data-savvy psychologists and stoic philosophers. The pair are keen on graphs, but also on sage maxims. Attention is the most valuable possession since wandering minds are unhappy, for example. As for their fundamental question of what makes a happy life, the short answer is, quote, good relationships. Whether defined by love or less ethereal feelings, the good news is that it is never too late to form them. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5 o'clock GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent, on Saturday. Monday. Which novel was the first in the historical series about the British Navy, written by Patrick O'Brien? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sergei Parajanov, who was born on this day in 1924. We were searching for ourselves in each other. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. 
And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.